Love to prognosticate. Love to speculate. <laughs> it is fun, though, to just craft a nice, like, 11-team parlay of, of massive favorites throughout the day and then just, like, keep track. Could, oh, just yeah. track, the, track the green check marks. Like, yep, got one, right. got yep. one, got yeah. one. Good to see the ball go through the hoop every once in a while. <laughs> yes. Oh, especially today. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This here is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers. We talk about football, we talk about lifestyle, uh, and everything in between. You can get to the Wheel Route uh, and learn about it on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. WheelRoutePodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, and then we got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Pod Center, Stitcher, all of the above. We're out there on the internet at large. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where uh, all the windows in the house are open. We're expecting temps into the 50s this evening. Oh. So, wow. Cozy boy cozy boy season is back. Um, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. Football weather here in Stewart, Florida. Who else is here? I'm excited for you. My name is Jordan Shank. I am in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we have advanced into the low 40s, high 30s. Uh, Temperature-wise, it, it was a cold one today. I braved the elements, got through 18 holes of golf. Um, mm, I'm not a hero. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I just want people to know that I'm, I'm about that life. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. Uh, congratulations to former UVA golfer uh, Lauren Coughlin on securing her LPGA tour card for next season. Uh, right. Friend of the No Laying Up universe. Young uh, hitter. A, yeah, a bona fide a young, young hitter. hitter. Bonafide young hitter. She Monday qualified into like the last regular season event for the tour this year. Finished top 25, and now, now she got the card locked up. So go, go Hoos. Hoos. Love to see that. Um, sweet Jason is not with us. It is a Sunday. Jason is busy. He's on the road. Uh, so T's and P's up to Jason. Where, do we know where Jason is? He is uh, on the eastern. All I know is it's the eastern half of Kentucky. Uh, he is with okay. the Gentleman Dukes basketball team. Not the okay. Lady Dukes, but the Gentleman Dukes. On the eastern half of Kentucky. So that's I, as far you know. that's as much as I know. Big time, big time T's and P's in that case. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can well. share at this juncture. Yep. Stay safe and stay warm. And uh uh yeah, we'll catch up with Jason, see what he's got to say when he gets back. Uh Jordan, what are you drinking tonight? What is the bubbly of choice? Uh the bubbly of choice tonight is some black cherry polar. Uh okay. you know, gotta get, get through just those. getting through some of those. Yeah. It's and again, <laughs> it's not it's not the worst. I think lemon lime is my least favorite, but it's right. lemon lime is a nice like afternoon work bubbly. I like, see. When when I don't have as much time to focus on it, I'm just trying to like, right? You know, brighten up some emails. Understood. Uh, we've talked about this, but have you have you uh, you've dabbled with the caffeine infused bubblies ever? Yes. Uh, I believe it's the Aha it's bubbly, right? brand oh, or, Aha, yeah. or bubbly, yeah, brand. One of those two. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have, uh, I mean, is that like an afternoon pick-me-up situation for you? Sometimes. Gotcha. Sometimes I'll just do polar if I want other something other than tap water that I've been just housing all day, every yeah. day, because mm-hmm. your boy stays hydrated. But, um, right. yeah, sometimes I'll go caffeine. It depends. That's good. Power hydrators unite. Um, excellent. I don't, I'm actually not drinking anything right now. Not thirsty. So that's fine. Right. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I did, though, this weekend have, and I may have, lauded this before on the pod but uh i don't know if you've seen these uh like uh, like espresso tonics they got going on it's like tonic water and espresso and so it's like an americano made with tonic water instead of uh flat or still water i love it i I, it is a very it's like a very interesting combination of flavors across the palate uh but I don't know. I'm I'm into it. So just just throwing that out there. Shout out to Bump House Coffee. They got they had they had a good one. I had one down there. Nice. Um, additionally, Jordan, I don't know <clears throat> if you do a lot of the uh, aggressive coffee mixtures, but I have had uh, there's a, a company they sell it at Publix in a can. It's Nitro Cold Brew and Lemonade, and it is also fantastic. That and it is does interesting. Not, it does not sound like it would be, but it is. Uh, I don't know. That's just a, a cornucopia of flavors dancing across the palate. Love mm. it. I'll keep an eye out. I so, while yeah. we're on the coffee subject, I recently started doing the uh, like grind my beans each morning oh, rather yeah. than just buying a bag of ground coffee. Sure. It, it's a it, there's a difference. Like yeah, I, I sure. hate to admit that there is, but uh, <laughs> much much smoother, uh, just all the way around flavor. You making coffee. you making like drip drip coffee? Yeah, I mean, it's just like the same Black & Decker coffee maker I've had since college right. with sure, the carafe. Right. And, and no, I think those things, make a fine, those, those things make a fine cup of coffee. Uh, you should try, uh, you should buy one of those little cheapy like stovetop espresso makers. They're, they're, because you can even brew like non-espresso in there and like the cup of coffee it makes is great. It's yeah. a great cup of coffee. It's, it's fun. You feel like you're at camp, you know? <laughs> but you can also throw some espresso in there and have like, actual italian espresso and that that'll charge up your afternoon jordan let me tell you all the customers all the customers will be getting serviced if you know what i'm saying yeah well we (laughs) we like to hear that the shareholders especially (laughs) like to hear that uh that's good so all right cool um all right play some golf this this weekend how's the weather it's cold it's a little cold a little windy uh it was pretty gray pretty much all day through the round so it kind of had that feeling of like it's gonna snow at any minute. Oh, okay. I had that um, feeling, like the heavy, the heavy air, yeah. kind of gray. Interesting. Yeah. So I like I I kind of have a weird like I really enjoy just being out in that and and soldiering through it in kind of okay. a strange way. Um, just you know, I'm out there grinding, out there being a range rat, getting 18 holes in. Um, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately to get on the mini tours and then uh, achieve great success and fame that's right. that's the five-year plan but uh, love it it's it's starting gotta start locally first gotta start here squash right. season squash season is the is is the first stop on that train <laughs> i can feel it uh excellent i um need to play this week i need to return every i need to return to my roots here and get back to a little solo golf at some point but we'll see it's hard these these that this whole time change thing is real real kick in the pants i'd like yeah. to speak to the manager as it pertains <laughs> to the time change does it and i'm sure it's just social media but like it definitely feels like it hits harder every time it happens the older we get is this are you especially this one for some reason yeah and i 
I don't know how. I think that general point is true. I I can relate to that. That resonates with me. Yes. But I <laughs> okay. like. I wonder how much of that is due to like, oh, we're in the second year of a pandemic, and like, just being older, you just go through more <laughs> every year, and it's like, <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> like, d- darkness <laughs> is coming sooner. <laughs> right. Once again, like. It didn't matter as much when we were in high school and, you know, the the issues of life were generally not mm-hmm. not all that serious. But um, yeah, you know, that's not, probably, not that to might get be super true. introspective or anything, but I, 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 I get that. I just like I guess this one is even the time change in the right direction that it like doesn't like physically affect the most. But I just feel like these it, just getting getting dark so early. It just bums me out. It really bums me out. But yeah, um, just have to did, turn into a morning morning person. Good news, though, I, I did get my hitting net in the mail uh, last week, so I'll be setting that up. We'll be hitting some dingers in the backyard here shortly. I'll uh, I'll be sure to get some get some flight data on there for you so you can, yeah, you next, can figure out. Next uh, sponsor for the pod could be the GC Quad or whatever. They oh, just man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> just, yeah, we'll take three, you know. No, we'll, no ask, we'll have to ask Coach Sean, who uh, Coach – Coach Clement, who his connection is over at GC, so they can hook us up too. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to go to Canada to get it. Also, yeah. I, I'm not I don't I don't have any problems. So yeah, we, I, we get this done. I need a current passport, but other than that, I don't have any problems either. I just renewed mine, so we're we're all set. We're in the Congrats. game. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate that. Okay, uh, so we had some we had some college football happenings this weekend. We did. Um, college football continues to happen, uh, and this season has been. It seems like it's been a particularly pronounced roller coaster ride with a lot of weird stops on it. Uh, I don't know, just kind of odd. And none of them have involved Mike Leach yet. I mean, he, my man, my man is out here and he keeps winning, and he hasn't, he hasn't done anything like you know overly problematic or uh, you know out of pocket yet, which is, you know feels like we're due for one of those. But otherwise, um, I don't know. What are your, what are your th- feelings on the season so far? I just feel like it's been unpredictable well especially as given given our uh our, our, our wins and losses against the spread but sure no, it's just been it just seems like it's been kind of an interesting year and you know ohio state's gonna play alabama in the championship game probably so <laughs> yeah i think uh i think it's definitely it's definitely felt kind of like a, a return to whatever abnormality we prefer like Last year was a different kind of weird for a lot of different reasons, and this feels more like the the chaos and the the uh, strangeness that we are more accustomed to. So I right. prefer it this way, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe it feels a little stranger because we had like a different brand of strange last season. That's probably true. Yeah, no, I mean, we've definitely, there, it seems like there's been a little bit more variance this year, which I think is a good thing, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm all for, so. Uh, all right, let's take a spin on the coaching carousel real quick, just to catch up with some things. Breaking news, as of today, Sunday, November 14th, 2021, Jimmy Lake no longer the head coach at Washington. Uh, things went off the rail there for Coach Jimmy uh, pretty quickly. Um his vehicle driving by i hope it's i hope okay. that's nice and loud um I, I i'll admit like i'm not super plugged in on on the jimmy lake experience he was chris peterson's recommended choice to be the head coach at washington he was on the staff there i think the players were 
you know, unanimously behind him. He was defensive coordinator. And from what I've gathered, he just did not do a very good job uh, with his organization, like restructuring of any of the football organization over there. And on top of it, the team has been very underachieving this year. And then you've had some sort of public gaffes in which you, you know, maybe appear to be striking players on the sideline and, and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, things, things really like the last two weeks got super hot for Jimmy and he is no longer the head coach at Washington. So, uh, I think it's a, I guess a, a bit of an interesting move. Washington is not that far removed from like extreme success playoff appearance. Uh, but also at the same time, it feels like they're kind of getting passed by the likes of your, you know, Oregon seems to be kind of back fully back to, to, to fully functioning Oregon and, uh, you know, get some other, Washington has returned to the pack in the in the pack twelve there. Yeah, I I was not really expecting that seat to be hot, not quite yet. So, um, yeah, this this was one of the more surprising, and there weren't like there weren't any rumblings leading up to it. It was just kind of right. like, oh, happy Sunday afternoon, we have a job opening. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he they did fire the offensive coordinator before this week, and then Jimmy Lake was suspended for this week's game due to the aforementioned striking the player on the sideline incident. Um, and uh, yeah, then no longer has job. Um, this is yeah. not a small, it's not, not a small job. I mean, I don't know that I would rank it like premier, but it is, that's a really good West Coast job in the, in the pantheon of West Coast. Uh, you know, yeah, job. now you've got two really good West Coast jobs open. Yes. Which yes. will make things interesting. Further further the interest of like how, how other schools are impacted by people leaving to go join those staffs. And For sure. Domino season. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Any, uh, any names you'd like to get on the record as floating out so you can beat your chest about later when they hire them? Um, Steve Sarkeesian, maybe <laughs> a return to his roots. Uh, well, well, you know, my, my guy, Rhett Lashley is all, always a name I like to throw around. I, I think Washington might benefit from changing from a defensive approach to a more offensive minded approach. So if you're looking for that, Rhett Lashley is your guy. Um, okay. Houston Nutt is all always a Bunky Perkins favorite uh, to, right. to throw out there on the timeline. This is true. Um, Jordan, just real quick about Rhett Lashley. I've heard that if SMU becomes available, he would be a likely candidate there. My, would love to see my guy. Get I think. A shot I think that is. Whistle. I think. I think that's the 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 type of job like. Uh, G five job guy leaves to go fill one of these like TCU Washington you know, uh, jobs and Rhett Lashley's your guy. Also, FIU's open. I mean, Rhett, Rhett wouldn't even have to move to go coach FIU, you know? We just have a different commute. Exactly. Uh, what do we think about T. Martin? Do we – because I, I just oh, had yeah. to look him up to see what he's up to. Uh, he is the receivers coach for the Ravens right now. Um, but he's he's got some college experience. Yeah, he called – and like, plays at usc didn't he yeah was at usc for a while so i like i wonder if he wants to get back into the college or if he's just loving life as like an nfl just a ball coach you know he's one of those guys struggle of like do i just want to right. focus on ball or do i want to do the, the college 
recruiting, all that comes with that. He's one of those guys that, like, uh, Florida has a couple guys like this, like Kerwin Bell, Marquand Manuel. These are names that, like, always get mentioned for any position that comes open at Florida, but it's, like, just because they went to Florida and they, like, coach elsewhere. But I don't really know if they're that realistic. T. Martin is that for Tennessee. Um, it's always like, oh, well, if Tennessee comes open in the next handful of years. Right, you know, but I'm saying, like, he, but, given his history at SC, like, with, no, with I, Washington I, I, or like I agree SC. with you. I yeah. I just want to know if, yeah, I'm, I'm with you and on asking the question. Like, is he, would he be, like, holding out only to work at Tennessee eventually kind of gotcha. thing? Or is yeah. he, like, would he be willing to, I mean, clearly he's been willing to coach on the West Coast, and that could be an interesting fit. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how good of a coach he is, but, I mean, at this point, I think he's done all the things that you would do before becoming a head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington's a big job, though. I mean, so outside of maybe be a G5 coach, which might not be a bad thing to, you know, prove some of your coaching acumen and uh, organizational structure building, which seems to be a problem <laughs> at Washington right now. So um, I don't know. I don't know. But that's another not so small job to add to the list here, which is maybe Robert and I would be interested in, oh. in the Washington job. <laughs> Perhaps he get it up and spinning. He could get it up and spinning again. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I saw Kalani Sataki's name mentioned. Uh, people like to do uh, the the those natural fits, um, probably mostly based on West Coast adjacent and success. Uh, you know, sustained success. We'll see. Uh, the BYU, like taking the BYU coach, you know, we're we're UVA. We did that. Um, I don't know. It seems like an interesting proposition to do. Sataki has been really good at BYU, but they've also not been so good in the past, like handful of years too. So it's yeah, you know, curious how you can kind of ride that wave as well. Yeah. Well, and he like, it's it's also interesting because what like what does Washington need? Do they need someone to just like write the ship really quick or is this a bigger rebuild project and i think you need to tailor your hire to that as well correct i think it might be i think this might be like a sneaky rebuild is necessary like candidate no i think they need to maybe get a little tougher i don't know that they have like a quarterback situation figured out they built themselves under peterson being actually really a really good defensive team under jimmy lake uh jimmy lake's Mm -hmm. defense right they were excellent and uh you know, they also took advantage of the Pac-12 in which USC was not great and Oregon was not great and Stanford was not great and Utah was there. And, you know Doing what I'm saying? Utah like they, they, they were the team that that, like, benefited. So yeah. um, we'll see. But, uh, okay. Well, we'll keep it moving here. USC still open, FIU, LSU, Washington State, TCU. Florida's defensive coordinator position is open. Uh, I'm counting that. Still open. Um, in the pantheon. It is wide open. It is more open today than it was starting on Saturday. Maybe like Jimmy Lake back. wants to come come to Gainesville. You know what? Sure. We seem to like <laughs> super unlikable guys, uh, so why not? Why not? Uh <clears throat> And I think from a from a hot seat perspective, I, I would say that Mr. Mike Norvell has probably removed himself from the hot seat. I think we could take Florida State off. Is Manny Diaz back on the hot seat, given oh, how that yes. game shook out? Yes, yes, yes. Manny has never removed himself from the hot seat. He is definitely Manny's back on. Manny's seat is very caliente at this point. <laughs> um, and I, you know what? I am here to officially put Florida's job on the hot seat watch. All right. So I think based on the nature of the conversation we had last week, that shouldn't be too much of a surprise, but wow, based on the result this week, 
Um, things things are not going great in Gainesville at the moment. Um, but they did score 70 points this weekend, so that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> needed, I saw some dancing in the locker room, too. Needed 50, 53 of them. Yep, there was dancing in the locker room. Yeah, we we can we can get to uh, we can get to that, get that to game them. in general. I wasn't. My mother was in town this weekend. Shout out, Ann. We were uh, you know, doing some doing some fun, lovely weather in the Treasure Coast this weekend. I'm so glad we got for out. You. We got out and about. It was breezy. It was it was nice out. Um, and I knew Florida was playing Samford at noon, so it wasn't you know super plugged in. Uh, and you know, just pretty much drained my phone battery, reloading, watching the. ESPN Gamecast, something we've all done. Uh, you want to of... talk about just an absolute battery suck? The ESPN Gamecast. Yes. I don't know why it requires <laughs> so many resources. I think it's the autoplay of the live feed of the game, like at the top of the screen too. Isn't that helpful? Like yeah. I, I don't. I'm not watching it. You know, if I, 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 I will watch it out and about occasionally if I can plug in. But, um, but yeah, Florida came out and proceeded to give up 21 points in the first two quarters of the game shut up points know. each yeah each, each of the first two yeah, quarters sorry yeah. each of the first two quarters so it was they they that is for those of you counting at home they gave up 42 points in the first <laughs> half against five and four and five fcs samford uh so not so maybe 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 the christian robinson defensive coordinator experience wasn't uh wasn't ready i maybe pascaloni took the sticks at halftime and started dialing it up because Florida pitched a shutout in the third quarter and produced Half a tremendous time adjustments. Yeah, produced a tremendous tweet by our friend uh, Spencer Hall, who said uh, something to the effect of, "You know, Florida shutting out Sanford in the in the third quarter proves that nobody scores twenty one points on the Gators in three straight quarters," <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. But anyhow, Florida's offense didn't have any problems. Uh, similarly, in this game, it was forty two thirty five. Florida was losing at half. Florida scored a clean 35 in each half of this game and scored 70 total points. Emory Jones had a day, put himself in the record books, tied Tim Tebow for total touchdowns in a game, threw for like 460 and six touchdowns, ran for 85 and a touchdown. It was a big day, but they needed all of it too, which was um, something, which was something. So uh, indeed something. I think that the the point with Florida's defense now, I mean, there's, Someone I, I saw pointed this out on Twitter. I mean, there's no less than six or seven players on Florida's defense that will play in the NFL. Like they have a stud at corner. Zach Carter's and Brenton Cox are probably going to be, you know, first two, first one or two round picks. Um, I just don't know how they could possibly be so bad. Like they're terrible. Out of position, they don't tackle. They get zero push. They can't stop the run, and you know they just they just blow assignments really bad often. So. It's it's kind of like those NC State defenses from a couple years ago where you're like, dang, y'all got some ballers on your defense. Yeah, why is this up team, like right? Bradley Jones. Yeah, you got like the second pick in the draft on your team, and yeah. you just can't do it. So, um, you know, they're, they're really giving uh, UVA's defense run for their money as it as it comes to ineptitude and uh, inability to like affect the game positively <laughs> at all. Um, but shout out to the offense for getting it together, and I guess the defense for only allowing ten points in the second half to uh, make it a clean fifty-two. So uh, uh, the the Twitter takes were firing during this game. Sure, Mullen was happy they won. Um, he was he was getting in some 
on the sideline in this game, to be fair. He should have. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's trying to, uh, you know, make it seem like he cares now that he his job might maybe is on the <laughs> line. But, uh, you know, maybe you like to see that a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, anyone who wants to come coach defense, I think you get basically carte blanche in Florida. You're, I'm sure you're going to get to bring your entire staff in that you want and get to run the system you want. You're going to have good players, but you're going to have to teach them how to play, like, from ground zero because it's bad to teach him football it's really bad uh that's all i have to say about that let's let's talk notre dame uva sure a fun one not uh it also happened i mean yeah i uh honestly didn't pay a ton of attention to this one as soon as it was like official that armstrong was not active um my interest plummeted in in this game kind of knew how it was going to go uh was surprised that like i mean even saturday afternoon you you could get notre dame minus six and a half um which i guess like you told us all to bang notre dame at like eight it was five and a half at uh when we recorded our last episode um and i would have hit notre dame even if armstrong was playing anyhow hindsight and all that fun stuff (laughs) anyhow um yeah it was uh it's tough because you just like you're throwing a true freshman out there, Jay Wolfhook, who has, by all accounts, all the skills. Um, but he just like he is very green and very raw, and uh, yes. was thrown into some deep water uh, last night, and it showed. Um, so yes. it's like it's a tough break that that's how he gets you know the baptism by fire almost. Um, but he's he showed some flashes, and I think the defense <laughs> the defense was also an experience. I think they they got they got better. They did. I think they made some interesting uh, adjustments at halftime that seemed to pay off. I also think Brian Kelly probably took the foot off the gas in the second half. Yes, um, which also aided in the defense's performance. Um, but there's just a lot of stuff of like consistently missing tackles or like not, yes. not even approaching a tackle in a way that's setting yourself up for success. That's really concerning. It seems um, like, like a football IQ almost like you would think that like, it, it seems like sometimes the guys will like charge through the line and like not be prepared for what could happen. Right. Like, like they might encounter a ball carrier with the ball or something. It's like, guys, you know, you, now's the time to make the tackle. I, I I saw a little bit of that on UV and it was like bad angle plus didn't really seem to have a good feel for like what the offense maybe wanted, would, would, would maybe want to do, which mm-hmm. just seemed like it was tough, tough to watch. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because it's felt like there's been a lot of plays against, and again, I've, I've watched a lot of UVA, so I've seen stuff happen a lot. But it's like it feels like there's a lot of plays against UVA's defense where a running back will like run into the line, get stopped or paused initially, not by a defender, mm-hmm. but just like things are blocked up, and then he oh, just yeah. kind of has to sit there and keep his feet moving, and something will open up and he'll right. break off and gash it. Um, so. I think my biggest beefs with this defense are there's like there's really no dudes who you're like, well, that guy's a stud and we can count on him to make a big play. 
and there's no except for what's his name alonzo he's good yeah but he's like but he's he's defensive tackle though he, less yeah yeah he, he does he does miss tackles but he is the only like disruptor though i will say yeah. on the entire defense and he still misses tackles so yeah yes, and right. and just the, like an overall lack of the defense trying any amount to like dictate the issue like it feels like a very reactive yes well we will let the offense the opposing offense dictate what we do and we will solely like i i i get that there's a balance there but it, like ideally you want to be able to say like no we're doing this and yeah. you guys have to scheme for it no that's that's very true and i i've just maybe this was part of how Notre Dame was calling the offense last night too, but there were times where UVA would walk guys up and it was like clear they were going to blitz. And then they like, maybe, maybe sometimes they're, they're called run blitzes and you know, so they're not blitzing with a lot of gusto, but in my mind, if you're going to blitz safeties, you might as well sit in the house. Like these guys need to be coming a little harder than they do. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it just seemed like all too often the blitz gets easily picked up and you could throw the ball right where the blitz came from at the hot read. And it was like, Oh man, this is easy. It just, it's, it seems very easy to move the ball at will against Virginia. Like you said, they don't affect the game much at all yeah. on that side of the ball. So hey, that's that's Florida's defense too right now. So it's tough, tough right. sledding. And again, when you are scoring 40 plus points a game, it's not as big of an issue. Like games Correct. are still winnable when yeah. you have potentially the hottest quarterback in the country back there. Um, but when he's out, like <laughs> then you're done like you are yeah well he's out Tala Papa didn't play either which doesn't help because he uh, probably is 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 better in pass pro apparently than Hollins yeah. was Hollins did not do a great job in pass pro um but I mean that doesn't that doesn't make up a 25 point gap in the game right, right? Uh, I thought Wolf I thought Wolfolk looked good uh he had certainly has skills and he has a rocket like he yeah. can he can flang that thing for sure uh but yeah he's got to learn how to like i was a little disappointed with how sort of clunky the offense looked given that they definitely have known that he was going to play for two weeks now so they yeah. probably and you know shout out to him for passing up ira on the depth chart and mm -hmm. being a true freshman and being you know what would appear to be one of the more like talented quarterback prospects virginia has had that actually is a freshman and not just like a transfer or, yep. you know, I, somebody that has been, we've been blessed with, but, um, you know, is, is, is it likely Armstrong's coming back next year? Is that the thought? Do we have any conversation confirmation or conversation about that? I, I am assuming that he's coming back. Um, yeah. The, the player I wasn't even on my radar is potentially leaving, but I think could be eligible would be Wicks. Um, Sure. I think just because of like time spent out of high school, I think he will technically be eligible to go to the league. But okay. um, I would love for him to come back <laughs> again. I mean, that offense is going to be ridiculous next year with all those guys back, assuming yeah. people can stay healthy and the offensive line isn't like a disaster, um, which is the great equalizer. <laughs> but Turns uh, out. so we'll see. Anyhow, okay. Well, disappointing. I, it, I don't want to say the game was closer than it seemed, but like. There were so many times in this game where it's like, if UVA could score a touchdown here, they could put at least a little bit of pressure on Notre Dame to have to get something done, and right. they just couldn't They couldn't get over that hump, and that was a real bummer. I watched yeah. most all of this game, and I was like, ugh, you know. But yeah, I, I watched most of the first half and then switched my focus to uh, Texas-Kansas in the second half. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, there was varied interests. 
Yeah, very interesting. Texas, Kansas. You want to you want to take us take us through a little Texas, Kansas. Things got weird. Yeah, oh, things got super weird. Um, so weird. why were you so interested, Jordan? Well, Logan, thank you for asking. I was yeah, so interested because uh, Saturday morning I decided to build a thirteen leg uh, money line parlay. Big favorites only. Um, Did I'm it span talking... throughout the day, or was it time like time slot specific? No, so it was like. I just looked at the board over breakfast, okay. picked picked the biggest like. I did a seven legger. I did a similar seven legger yesterday. Yeah, so, so. I, I'm talking like this. This you know, in your head when you're building it, you're like, oh, this is printing money. I'll I'll just <laughs> get I'll get myself an easy unit or two back, and uh, and things will be Gucci. I'm talking like the the riskiest favorite I took was Michigan money or Michigan State money line minus four eighty. Uh, okay. See, so, I wanted no part of Michigan State. I did not include them in mine because I was like, there to me, they're too. That was too risky. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Though. Okay, but I'm, I'm talking minus a thousands. I'm talking minus yes. fifteen hundreds. Right. Uh, I'm talking Texas at minus fifteen thousand. So you would have had yeah. to bet fifteen thousand dollars to win a hundred on the road Texas at going. Kansas. Right. Uh, they were at home. No. At it home was, against Kansas, yes, you're right. It was a home game, oh. which is oh. why I loved it. Home favorite, big home favorite. <laughs> uh, so I'm watching. Oregon like, streak, Texas. To be fair, yeah. Well, but it's Kansas, right? They it's played just, Oklahoma pretty tough a couple weeks ago. I was told that Oklahoma wasn't any good, which I guess we'll get to. <laughs> but, so anyhow, uh, Kansas. I like. I'm watching the UVA game, and I start seeing the like score pop up on the ticker, and like Kansas is all of a sudden up like twenty. 14 to nothing or 21 to nothing or something. Yeah. Um, so I started flipping back and forth. And then halftime of the UVA game, I kind of committed to Texas to try and will them back into the game. To their credit, they got back into the game, played with some yeah. gusto in the second half. Kansas um, really, really, really stepped on it at the end. Like they did. They to, to so, try to give that. So back. the end of the like the end of the fourth quarter, uh, Texas was driving to score the tying touchdown uh caleb williams not caleb williams casey thompson um threw a bad interception at uh, basically into the end zone as they were driving to tie it Uh, felt like it was like that should have been game clinching also oh it absolutely should have however (laughs) yes however uh kansas gets the ball on a touchback uh they run three plays um, and then this was when they went for it on fourth down. No, sorry, they had gone for a fourth down before the interception, I believe. Right, right, um, right, right. Which was a bad idea. Yeah, Did that, yes. the interception <laughs> happened, but Texas had all their timeouts left. So, uh, run timeout, run timeout, run timeout, punt. Punt wasn't very long. Texas got no. a good return on it. No, and they got the ball like the thirty-five. I mean, yeah, Texas had the ball the thirty-five with like a minute to go i think yeah under a minute i think um and they ended up scoring like on a beautiful little fade to the tight end in the corner um great great execution there uh so we go into (laughs) overtime Um, texas scores their touchdown kicks their extra point uh kansas i think it was second down there was like a taunting penalty on the touchdown on Texas, so Kansas got the ball at the twelve to start yep. their overtime. Yeah, so they too. assessed it half the distance for their <laughs> try. Yeah, 
right. and the announcers like the dumb as crap announcers are wondering like well why don't you push the extra point back why wouldn't you push the extra point try back not knowing that you can advance like it's clear these announcers did not know what yeah. was going on which yeah. overtime is new you know it, we're, it's only week 10 yeah whatever. which again like we could do that job for a third of the price and do it way better Bingo. anyhow um, this was not the A-team, to be fair, of announcers yeah. and coverage. This I mean, was ESPNU, um, which is probably where the UVA-Notre Dame game should have been. But um, <laughs> Right. Anyhow, uh, so Kansas scores a touchdown, but not before. I think it was on second down. Uh, Jalen Daniels, their quarterback, threw into the end zone. The Texas DB undercut the route, and the it ball was, yeah. hit him right like in the it neck. was like a it was your classic white linebacker with long hair oh yeah man like, my man kind uh, of yeah. the the blazer hair from workaholics yes. like yeah he had, yes. he had that vibe yes. going on um <laughs> and it it could not have hit him more squarely in the chest hands he just didn't catch it he yep. just butterfingered it uh kansas scored two plays later and went for two naturally on the road going for the big win and they got it um on like a, a fullback got free in the secondary and is Jaylen. waving just wildly he was yeah. so open too daniels and, and... uh daniels made bots enough time with his legs made the throw and uh our our guy blake uh, was late on coverage <laughs> and uh couldn't pop the volleys our so. guy blake. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 a good call. Yeah, Blake was late on coverage, and uh, did you see it was going around Twitter today? But I guess like uh, there was some video of the the young man who caught the pass. His family like watching, reacting to it. Like they didn't realize that he had caught the pass at first. Um, oh wow! Then, like like the dad is like, I think that was Jake. I think that was Jake. <laughs> I think, and then like he stands up with the ball, and they just go completely berserk. It was really cool. It was like well, a, I saw. I think I saw a, a screen a, grab a, a of touching. Jake flashing horns down. Yes, Jake was good to see. I hope his name was Jake. He he has Jake energy, so we'll go with Jake. Yeah, where's 47? I hope that's a shout-out to Chris Cooley. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Or, he seems like a Chris Cooley type. type or John Lynch. I think John Lynch wore 47, also, too. Yeah, also a good call. Yeah. So, anyway, hard, hard-working, hard-working guys. Jim Rats, you know. First in, grit. last out. A lot of grit, not a lot of neck. Yeah. Defense first, guys. Uh, Yeah, so... Down goes Texas. Down goes your thirteen leg parlay. What what were you? Uh, I mean, what were your? What was your odds like? Oh yeah, so the final odds like I picked such big favorites. The final odds of the parlay was plus one thirty four. Um, okay. So again, you just feel like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna double up a unit or two real quick, and we'll be on our merry way. Um, mm-hmm. For those interested, I did hit the other twelve legs. So. Uh, it's it's not like oh Texas killed it, but Oregon would have killed it later on right. in the night. No, Oregon came back and won their game, so I was twelve for thirteen and I lost. Yeah, Oregon covered too because I was on Washington State to cover, and I thought I was sitting pretty when I went to bed, and it was fourteen thirteen, <laughs> and I was like, all right, we're, we are all good. It was like we thirteen and a half point spread. So, um, Jordan, if you're wondering, I hit on a seven. Uh, I hit on a seven better yesterday. Congrats. What were the final odds. odds on that? Plus 210. Oh, boy. So I was on Wisconsin, Michigan, Western Kentucky, Utah, Ohio State, Georgia, and Virginia Tech. So. Okay, you were on Michigan. So that was a... That yeah, was that one a... probably kicked it a bit, and I was squeaking yeah. that one out. Yeah, Michigan was only minus 130 there. Yeah, so. that was not a, a huge favorite. 
But always happy to bet against Duke this year. They are terrible. So they are extremely that worked bad. out. Um, if you're, you know, if you're interested, I got a little seven legger going right now. I'm waiting on Vanderbilt to finish off, uh, finish off Texas State. They're up big in the second yeah, half. Yeah, no, I think I bet that game too for. Uh... <laughs> I have plus uh, 149 there. I had a bad NFL day today. I'm going to be honest with you, George. It's okay. NFL betting. NFL I should not stuff. have jumped in. I should not have jumped in with as much gusto as I did this morning. <laughs> um, I got sucked into all of the boosts. All of the boosts got me this morning. Yeah. It was like That's Tom Brady to throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. It's like, oh, easy money. You know, they should definitely happen. Yeah, Washington they, sucks. My man, my man did not play well. Um, but, hey, Derek Carr could have a good day today and redeem redeem the afternoons. This is what we... This is why we don't do big numbers over here just yet. <laughs> there was a there was a boost that that I hit today that was uh it was a I think it was a Gary V promotion. Oh no through, through Jack <laughs> DraftKings. He does these like wonky uh player props every week and okay. I haven't bet any of them before, but I bet the one today <laughs> and it it actually hit. It was uh the Falcons to kick the longest field kick and make the longest field goal okay uh in that game but between the falcons and the cowboys and i saw someone online posted like i don't normally bet these but bet this one because you know the falcons have uh young young hoku i believe his name is while the uh the cowboys like they just put their normal kicker on ir and had to sign a cfl guy um gotcha so the falcons scored exactly three points today on a 35 yard field goal but the cowboys only scored touchdowns so that hit <laughs> plus 200 hit for the for the boys oh <laughs> that's great love that yeah amazing all right well this has been this has been boost talk with, with boost the boys talk. yeah they really they really sucked me in with uh oh i did one last night that killed me oh that was another one that um it was Utah State. Utah State killed me last night. They were even favored, and they got absolutely railroaded in that game. Got Just crushed. Shackled. I needed. Mm. It was. It was literally called like the After Dark Special or something. But oh, I got yeah. like extra boosted odds on like Oregon, <laughs> Utah State, and I don't know some one of those teams out there to win. And it was it, it all was looking good. You know, should have worked out. But <laughs> it's okay. All right, we'll print money at a later at a later week. Right. Maybe, we'll, maybe we have we'll publish some of our 13-leggers <laughs> next yeah. weekend. There we go. Miami was at Florida State this weekend, um, and we actually got a pretty a pretty good football game. Uh, a good football game broke out. A competitive football game broke out, I should say, towards the end. Florida State jumps out early, big. Miami comes rolling back. I think it was, was it 20 to nothing in this game, and Miami was winning 21 to 20 at one point. And uh, um, basically, we get some back-and-forth shenanigans at the end. Miami... Uh, steps on it a little bit and gives it up to FSU. Um, Miami proceeded to give up, I believe, a fourth and 13, and then they get the ball to, like, the uh, Florida State gets the ball to the one-yard line, first and goal, and Miami, instead of, like, maybe letting them score and giving preserving, like, you know, two minutes of game time, like, heroically stops them three times or two times just to let them score on third down yeah, and just to uh, let them burn, burn burns time. a whole bunch of time from the one foot line with a good running quarterback so uh you know as you could imagine mr diaz's mentions were not were not friendly during this game florida state pulls one out uh when it looked like miami had pretty much regained you know momentum in this game they were unable to close it out tyler van dyke did not have his best day uh at the office um 
think he, I think I saw he had gone for over 380 yards the last three games before Dang. this one. Um, he'd been rolling, but not so fast, my friend. Uh, and the Knowles, big win for the Knowles. Mike Norvell, the Knowles, you know. They <laughs> still have it. a chance to become bowl eligible. Great. Super happy for them. Um, I think they have to go to Florida. That's going to be an interesting game. There's going to be that's going to be squeaky squeaky bum time for for the orange <laughs> and blue. Uh, to use a Sir Alex Ferguson term, I guess. But Paul, how how tough. has Paul Pasqualoni been on the Florida State staff at some point? Because he feels like one of those guys who's like just been around long enough that it's like, oh yeah, he he's probably, probably has there. I mean, I don't know. He's probably as old as Bobby Bowden, so. R.I.P. B.T.W. But uh, I don't know. Pasqualoni. Well, I think he I did saw most it. of his work. I, the the Miami game would have been one of those games where like someone tweets like, "Man, Bobby Bowden's looking up. So proud of the Knowles." <laughs> yes. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you're right. We need to search. I'm sure the Twitter mentions are like, "We did this for Bobby, Dad Gummit, or something like that." But you know? but the like the the joke people make when they're like, "Oh, he's looking up on us. So <laughs> proud looking of him. Up. Looking up. <laughs> no, he's in hell." <laughs> <laughs> that's true good point uh all right do we have a dukes update what did the dukes do this week uh the dukes went on the road I, this is based on oh william and mary right two tweets i remember seeing they went Correct. on the road they beat william and mary and their kicker set some more school records for uh points and or field goals and probably caa records at this point um not sure if they recognize those records or if they're going to put an asterisk based on conference realignment shenanigans or, or what but uh congrats to that young man he's he's apparently had a banger of a career um and i'm sure he'll get plenty more opportunities as the postseason approaches but uh right. good for the dukes yeah giving, the it, dukes giving it to mike london and the boys that's right um all right Let's talk picks. Yeah, let's talk them. Uh, we had, I, I don't want to say a better week this week because okay. love, love the, that for us. the total amount of wins was the same as last week, but maybe it was a little bit less volatile. Uh, Logan, you and I went three and two. Jason went two and three. Um, okay. So on the season, Jason is still in the top spot for now 26 and 29 logan you are 25 and 30 and i am 24 and 31 um so the the peloton is tightening uh not as (laughs) not as much space in between the riders at this point in the race uh but you know still still some time left to get above the 500 mark so uh we will start at noon we had Oklahoma at Baylor and I was rewarded for being brave enough to take the Bears this was an interesting uh interesting game Baylor kind of really put it on them and uh it seemed that way we had uh we won Spencer chat chance from the crowd and they got Spencer they did and uh yeah I like it was weird because the stuff I kind of pinpointed is why I picked Baylor like that played out. They were able to run the ball in Oklahoma pretty well, and uh, Caleb Williams struggled a little bit. showed showed that he is yes, indeed, still a freshman. Um, I was impressed yeah. by Baylor. Uh, don't know, don't know that that's like 
a, a playoff caliber team, but they played a playoff caliber game, maybe, sure. and and that was enough to to win solidly. So well, they them. seem they seem tough, right? And yeah. they're they're a tough out, and they they kind of know what they want to do, especially on defense. And you know, if they get plus play on the offensive side of the ball, Oklahoma not a great defensive team. Uh, things can work out for them. Has Dave Aranda done enough to be on any uh, of to these get the LSU job? job? Yeah, that's my question. I, I mean, no one's no one's going to be upset if their school hired Dave Aranda in this cycle. I, I would, think. I wouldn't, I would think you're probably right about that. And I think that's like, I don't want to say that's all you want. Maybe USC, like, maybe USC wouldn't be super thrilled, but they that might be a good hire if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it could be a good hire, but I don't know if it would be a good culture fit. Like, yeah, sure. He does not strike me as an LA dude. Right. Does Luke Fickle? Not necessarily, but I don't know like which other th- like James Franklin. It strikes me as an LA dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's down to go seven and five at USC for a couple <laughs> of years. Yeah, and that job, that Penn State job being open, would be interesting. Yeah, because that, I mean, that's a big job, that would, right? That could reshuffle a lot on on the East Coast, especially. So, yeah, Bill O'Brien, you know, still hanging out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the region. He's in the same time zone. <laughs> Correct. Uh, okay. Well. Um, anyhow, I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that out there, but yeah, I mean, good for Baylor for whatever that's worth. They, they seem, like I said, they're on, they're, they're doing the right thing. They seem to have done the rebuild well. And Aranda seems to, um, have taken to being a head coach in the big 12 better than like, I thought maybe a defense, a defense first kind of guy maybe could have, um, in this case, like he, their, their offense is modern for the most part and you know he doesn't appear to be doing just the hard nose defense thing just for because that's his identity right they they seem like a complete football team he seems like he lets his um offense do what they need to do and he lets his defense you know you know be excellent so um they're headed in the right direction i wonder if they can hang on to him yeah we'll keep a busy little eye on him uh, that knocks game. Oklahoma out of playoff contention, right? I mean, they're they're they I were already so. like they were already getting the the Cincinnati treatment a little bit, uh, and they got a loss now. So yeah, well, Pop-pop. yeah, yeah, yep. So sorry, Oklahoma. Sorry, Big Twelve. Uh, but <laughs> that opens up another spot potentially for uh, the ACC championship winner. So you know, it's true. When Florida State sneaks in for, for like two loss Wake Forest to get in, that'll be great. Um, right. Uh, next, we had Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia covered the twenty point spread on the road, uh, but Tennessee scored some points on them. They they got multiple offensive scores, which was good to see. Uh, sparked a little hope that the Vols might cover. Uh, they did not. Josh Heupel also did a terrible job at the end of the game, in my opinion, as someone who was on Tennessee cover. Uh, <laughs> like it would have, it would have been so easy to justify like using timeouts when Georgia was running the clock out as like no, we wanted to give Joe Milton like an in-game two-minute drill and and let him go get another tud that would have covered. Um, right. 
He did the not. same. He the same Joe Milton it. that we saw get like ragdolled onto the ground and throw the ball sideways and fumble one it's one possession time. Previous previous to that, it is Joe definitely Milton's Joe time. Milton's time. <laughs> Nothing says I need to cover trotting out Joe Milton and like Jay Wolfuck's got a cannon, but Joe Milton has a cannon cannon. That dude, yeah. that dude can Joe... throw it through the the padded <laughs> support on the goalpost. Yeah, he 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 cuts he cuts it loose occasionally and. It is high and it is hot and it is is tough, tough to to hang, handle. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say here. Georgia is excellent. Tennessee was up in this game, what seven to nothing? They were up ten to three or something like that, and they were kind of excited. And Georgia is just—they are like the fully evolved version of those old Alabama teams that would just—they're inevitable. Is mm-hmm. kind of how they feel right now. That at the end of the game, they're going to be up. 17 plus and they're going to be leaning on you and you know you're going to be trying really just so hard just to move the ball um and did we know did they just put milton in just to let him play i don't know what the uh i mean the hooker was. was a little ineffective but i mean it's they scored two touchdowns i think and, one quarterback i mean each mercy quarterback knows was he, he was taking some hits too so <laughs> this is 100 percent true as, as hendon hooker has been known to do but um jordan davis is insane he that is. guy is so big and active so in the well. middle. Yes, yes. Like it's, <laughs> it is terrifying when a person of that size and stature can move effortlessly like he does. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really scary. Um, yeah. But I am interested to see, like, Georgia apparently was keeping in a good amount of starters there at the end of the game on – the last two Tennessee drives, and you saw some guys uh, pick up some knocks. Yeah, lead the field with injuries. So I'm interested to see how that pans out. Whether it, you know, you hope none of those are serious, but like if if that has to cause some reshuffling depth wise um, for guys that maybe aren't used to necessarily getting a ton of snaps, we'll see. Right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Moving along. Purdue at Ohio State didn't didn't catch any of this. I think it was forty two to ten at halftime. Ohio State thoroughly whooped whooped. Ass. Uh, yeah. Not much not much to say. I didn't see much of this either. I only checked in on this because I was curious and I was yeah that was One for of, being uh... a ranked on ranked matchup. Ohio Ohio State they looked they looked really good this week. They've been inconsistent, but that when they're clicking, they look really really scary. Yeah, one of uh one of their receivers went off, like had had three or four touchdowns. Number five, uh, was it Wilson? Might be Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Wilson. His name is eluding <laughs> me, but uh, yeah, Ohio I, State I, has three receivers that are awesome, and and they have and Travion I, Robinson, the running back, who's also awesome. Yeah. So just a bevy of riches in, and a, a five-star quarterback who's getting better and and well-recruited offensive line and. Um, yeah, but they lost to Oregon, so I don't, I don't know that uh, that they've really got it. No, I feel you. Um, I have. I would also like to say I'm regurgitating Alex Kirshner's point that I saw him make, but Ryan Day. We don't know anything about Ryan Day. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. He is out here coaching one of the top three programs. Just coaching is nuts. Off. Just, just coaching. We don't know if he's married. We don't know. If he has family, we don't know what he's got going on. And 
I think that's probably that's got, that's a little refreshing to me. Like he doesn't seem overly like sleazy, which you know who knows. This is college football. There's some things that are going on, I'm sure, but um, also good for good for good for Ohio State. Glad glad that worked out for them. Yeah, you, you know you you like to see the underdog catch a break every once in a while and get it <laughs> right. So. It's a real Tim Tebow marries former Miss Universe situation. If, yeah, if you know finally, that guy catches a break. <laughs> good for him. Uh, Ohio State looks good. I don't want to overreact to like a really good Ohio State performance because they've had a couple sort of stinky performances, um, but they are also finding ways to win uh, yeah. through some of these stinky performances in the meat of their schedule, and that's I think that matters. So, yeah, regrettably, you I mean, also scored headed... thirty-one points if you want to nitpick. So. That's true. They were also down by 31, at least at halftime. Well. So maybe maybe all the third stringers, maybe the Make-A-Wish kids got to play free safety in the second half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at that, like George's quarterback situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have paper trails for that one. Uh, all right, 7 o'clock, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. I was focused on the Who's and later the Longhorns. So I didn't really pay attention. You you texted that our boy Matt Corral was spinning spinning the rock, spinning the pill, at least in the first yeah, half. This one looked like Ole Miss was gonna walk away with it. Um and they, they eventually, thanks to some turnovers, I think there was like maybe a, a pick six and some other sort of uh, and another turnover that led to a short field score at the end. This game probably was closer than the final score would indicate, but also Texas A&M had zero. Like they could not move the ball at all. Calzada was awful. Um, their running back Spiller, I thought he was pretty good coming in this year. I've been a little disappointed with him this year. Uh, I don't know if maybe he's hurt. He appears to be not fast. Um, they have, they have a, and I don't think he's like a burner kind of guy, but like he, he seems when you watch him play, like he's just a little, like a step slow. Um, I think he's been getting a pretty heavy load this year. So <laughs> maybe he's wearing down a bit and that's, um, but Texas A&M's backup running back, I believe his last name is a, a chain, A C H A N E A chain. And he's, he looked really good. He looked like way more dynamic and game breaker ish than Spiller. Um, they gave him the ball a little bit, but yeah, Texas A&M, I think, got a score, and then I thought they were going to get the ball and go down. I was on Texas A&M to win this game as part of uh, some shenanigans that I was I was taking part in <laughs> yesterday. And I, I, you know, I there was a point where I think it was fifteen thirteen or fifteen ten. I was like, all right, Texas A&M got the ball. They're going to go down and score now. And then yeah. there was like an interception, sort of short field score, and then a pick six on the following I think possession. And it was all of a sudden it was it looked kind of like a laugher, but. Um, Oh, Mrs. Defense showed up, and that was really impressive. And I think some of that is Texas A&M's offense is pretty like anemic, outside of just an absolute blackout game by Zach Calzada against Alabama. <laughs> I'm not really sure what happened there. They looked like they were really he putting it on Alabama. Either, so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was I watched a lot of this. This had that kind of like heavyweight fight feel that some of those sec games get you know where it's like all right something's gonna happen like the score is like 15 to 7 for a while yeah. and you're like oh, okay something, something more yeah something weird's gonna happen here I can nothing feel it. says it just means more like yeah. 15 being up on the scoreboard yeah we got a 15er 
yeah, Texas A&M committed a safety that led to the 15er, which was pretty exciting. Uh, the aforementioned Isaiah Spiller was unable to get out of the end zone. Mm. He was not fast enough to get out of the end zone, and he got a safety. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I think Texas A&M might have been a little bit over overvalued, uh, but they had been playing better. I just they, – they do appear to be pretty limited at quarterback with Calzada, especially given his injury concerns. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious as to, like, does Jimbo want – a, a really dynamic quarterback that can like that can score him forty points a game, or is he maybe content with just like let me get a game manager? And that's a great question. I, I you you might be onto something, but but it's weird because in Jimbo's case, the one time not not the one time, but pretty much the one time he had a great dynamic game breaking quarterback, they won the freaking national championship, and yeah. the guy won the Heisman, right? I mean, like this was. Well, that's this what I'm saying. To... Like, does that did that just create too much stress in his real life, where he was just like, <laughs> "Well, I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't need after. to. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to bother with this. Like, yes, it won me a national title, but I can go take money off of Texas A&M off of that national title alone. Like, right. what what is he chasing anymore? Like, they just extended him to the moon, and yeah. Like yes, he's had good seasons, but what what incentive is there for him to win another national title? <laughs> like, I'm with you. It is it is very curious um, because he, I mean, and he appears to be like dramatically getting older in front of our eyes too. He's always got the readers on. He's always stomping around yelling at someone. Um, you know, they they do show up for big games. They they are recruiting really well too, which is I I will not ever understand that but they're recruiting really well and um like i said if they could get a quarterback uh sort of a dynamic situation on offense they, they could be really scary but i don't all right it, i'm yeah, gonna i'm gonna pull up their uh recruiting history from the last couple of years okay at least just to see what they're working with in the qb room um they got this guy that guy haynes king that was their start at the beginning of the year was a a highly regarded recruit, at least either last year or he might have been a freshman. Yeah, he so he's class twenty twenty. He is listed as a dual threat. He was a four star in the class of twenty twenty. Uh twenty nineteen. They signed Zach Calzada, a pro style quarterback, a three star. And 2021, they have a commitment and an enrolled Eli Stowers, uh, who is just listed as quarterback. No, no dual threat or pro style classification available. But hmm. uh, yeah, interested to see, like, because. I feel like at A&M, you certainly have the resources and the cachet to go after whatever you want, recruiting-wise. Sure. So it's it's strange to me, like, why wouldn't you want more points, <laughs> I guess, is what, I, is what yeah. I'm getting after. But. Well, and I think... I think... Sorry, there's a, there's a gentleman with a Mustang in the neighborhood that wants mm. everyone to know that he's got it. Um, I, I just, I guess I've been fascinated. Like the, the Jimbo Fisher offense to me is like, he still does the, like, that is to me as pure pro style as pro style can be. Yeah. 
um, a lot of motion, a lot of pre-snap stuff, a lot of like West Coast concepts and short passes. And it doesn't just really seem like they like want to just get the ball to playmakers in space, which, right. you know, you could kind of do sometimes, like sometimes, you know, mix it in, mix it in every now and then make, a little make bit. Make the defense think about it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that, that could probably go a long way to take some pressure off of, I've heard Jimbo Fisher offenses are very intensive on the quarterback to like diagnose and, um, you know, he has a giant playbook and, you know, everything else. So I, I think your question that you ask is, is interesting um, because that you can see how much that works against him when say Zach, Zach Calzada has to come in and play and he's not ready or maybe doesn't have all the reps that he should have to be yeah. able to achieve the full Jimbo Fisher offensive approach, um, which at its high flying greatness, I don't really think is that awesome, but anyhow. Yeah. So we'll see. So Texas MS three losses on the year. Um, pretty, I mean, I you'd probably would say a successful year. What's the rest of their schedule? Let's take a look. Here. Um, that's a great question. I got it here. They play Prairie View next oh, week. That's a dub. Yeah. Easy dub. They play LSU on uh, after Thanksgiving. And that's, that's it, it, right? Yeah. Two more games. Wow. Oh, so not a whole lot of ball left to, to pull ourselves out of the holes we find ourselves in. No. On the pick no. spreadsheet. <laughs> no, but not, we got not. conference championships and bowls and all that fun stuff. Oh, you're um, right. I'm ready to chase bowl season. Speaking of bowl season, let's go talk about NC State and Wake Forest. Where where would we like to see the claw fence for the holidays? Are, are we thinking they'll end up in the mayonnaise bowl or are we thinking New Year's? Day I'd like bowl, to see them yeah. in a non. I'd like to see them in a non uh, North Carolina bowl, um, <laughs> just to just to force the uh, the claw fences fan base to travel a little bit. Might be good. I could see them in like the Gator Bowl, you know, yeah. one of those kind of or like the, maybe they call it the Camping World Bowl or the, um, you know, Citrus situation. Did you see? There's there's a bowl game that's uh, this year sponsored, but just by like a single insurance agent. No, like, but that's awesome. Like it's an Good for that guy. It's an insurance company, but it's like the Agent Brian Bowl or or something like that. Um, so we'll wow. we'll keep an eye out for that when it's time to make our bowl picks. But uh, yeah, NC right. State went to Wake Forest and they lost. But apparently it was a it was an exciting score line, potentially an exciting game. Again, this took place during UVA Notre Dame and Texas Kansas barn burner so uh i was relegated to watching the ticker for this one right uh i'm looking through here at some bold projections if you're interested so feel free to shout out if you're if if uh there's anything you really want to see but I'm, i would I'm love to, to know where uva is projected well let me do a little <laughs> control v and we'll get this show on the road LF is what I meant. Yeah, I was going to say. What kind of Windows right. 13 are you working in? So I will say that these bold projections do have Virginia Tech projected out. No bowl game okay. for Virginia Tech. You do hate to see it. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. Oh, okay. Oh, God. 
this is a dumb this is a dumb thing there's oh Sounds there's so like... many there's so many pages i need i need a single page scroll oh, is this. A, i can't is do it is it a slideshow it's it's not a slideshow but there's four pages for like yeah. 20 bowl games so yeah. uh... as long as it's not the military bowl <sighs> not that please <laughs> let me be on the record it's, i have nothing <laughs> against the troops all right, what? Athlon Sports. Help me out here, Athlon Sports. Ah, this will be better. UVA's last experience at the Military Bowl was not one to write home about. Oh, yeah, didn't they give a zillion points to Navy? Ah, oh, they have us project uh, at the, the Pinstripe Bowl, oh, <laughs> which is the same thing. It's maybe worse against Purdue. Oh, man, they would get smoked wow. by Purdue. A matchup for the ages. Uh, they might give up some points, but I think Purdue's down to give up some points as evidenced by their... Yeah, sure, but like that's B1G weather up there in New York City. Um, well, it could be worse. You could be Florida playing Houston in the Birmingham Bowl on December 28th. Yikes. It's warm down there. All-time all time bowl participation there, for sure, for the Gators team. I want UVA to go to a weird... like. Send us to Arizona. The I'd Bahamas Bowl? Oh, imagine the golf I could play around a UVA bowl game in Arizona. Oh, Woo. that's a good point. Or or even the Bahamas Bowl. You could go play in the wind out there in the Bahamas. Yeah. Hit my low stingers. <laughs> my low flighty wedges. Uh, New Year's Six. They have Michigan State Wake Forest projected in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Kenneth Walker would run for 400 yards against Wake Forest defense. <laughs> True. That's a good point. All right. All right. We got a little off track there, but, uh, you know, it's his bowl season. That was a good way to talk about this NC State-Wake Forest game. I didn't watch any of this. What happened? Wake Forest won? Wake Forest won. They covered the two points. I believe they won by three. So I had to, like, oh, I had to double never in doubt. check. Yeah. Never in doubt, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, uh but I, but judging from the ticker, it was back and forth. Um, but good, good for Wake, you know, putting together a season, bounce back from the tough loss on the road to the heels. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they they remain in control of the Atlantic Division, so good for them. Right. Gotcha. Um, real quick, I did see there was some legitimate reporting and articles uh, out there, Pete. Peter, is his name Thamel? Thamel? Tamil? Tamil. Do we know how to pronounce that? I don't know if the age. He's a college football reporter, but does. I believe um, there is growing sentiment that the Florida job is likely to come open. Um, which turns this, the, uh, it, I mean, turns this coaching carousel cycle wild with yeah. LSU, Florida, USC. I mean, TCU, Washington, That's those are some jobs. Texas Miami, potentially. Yeah. I wonder if that puts pressure on Miami to make a move or if my, because I think at this point, it's a little understood that Miami might be content to stay stay put, which, okay. Sure. Um, you know, and I, there's a lot of different reasons to make these decisions or to not make these decisions too. It's not just, you know, do we want the U to be back? You know, of course, of course, everybody wants the U to be back, but yeah. Um, uh, that would be really, really something. Really, yeah. Something. So, who, gut reaction? Who's the top of the your big board? Cristobal. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I wouldn't have thought I would have said that, but yeah, because I, I remember you kind of being like a he wasn't good. He was, hater a while ago. I, sure, sure, sure. I just think from a recruiting standpoint, that is where Florida has missed the most okay. of late. So I I would say at worst, uh, Mario Cristobal comes in and is Ron Zook and stocks the cabinets and <laughs> get some ingredients and back. Get some ingredients shows. back in there because just like Florida has recruited has underperformed where they should in my opinion, recruit for a while now. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, and he's from, I mean, Cuban guy from Miami. I think that he would maybe be interested in being closer to home. I know there's a lot of uh, familial ties to the area. There seems to be like talk occasionally that he would like, the only job he would leave for would maybe be Miami, but Mm -hmm. I don't know that at this point, Miami could like maybe pay the salary that his staff would demand. Um, Plus the buyout maybe, of Manny Diaz. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have some uh, maybe have some trust issues with Mario Cristobal, like big game coaching. But okay. uh, I think he's done a good job of getting some getting some high leverage reps out there at o- Oregon. So I don't know. Yeah. He would be an interesting candidate for me that I think could could be like on the table. Billy Napier, I think, is a, is a good candidate. But I think that would be a little harder to sell the fan base on. Um, like yeah. I, I don't know that the fan base would be that excited, even though I think he would be a good hire, because um, I think he would tr- do a good job of like delegating things and building a program. And and then I guess uh, just one just one last thing, I would one hundred percent do sign up for Lane Kiffin for as long as it it could happen. I think love that would that. be love that we have you on the record several times committing to that. I just think he's the he's the the most natural uh, Steve Spurrier disciple that we have, or descendant, spiritual yeah. descendant of Steve Spurrier that we have out there. Um, and I think, I think it would be fun, and I think he would bring like a a, a good amount of caring. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Engagement I or like engagement would be up. That's for sure. Um, but I don't know. He seems to like really like his he seems to love his players and his players seem to love him in like a way that's a lot more evident than, you know, I, I think all these guys, I think are loved by their players ultimately, unless you're Jimmy Lake maybe. But um, <laughs> I, so I think sometimes that's overrated, but I do think from a recruiting standpoint and from a like ability to maybe appeal a little bit more to the modern college football recruit and whatnot, that could be a really good thing to have. Yeah. Um, not sure that I'd love to have DJ Durkin on back around, but uh, you know, fair. That's fine. So that's all I have to say about that. So there, there's my, there's my big board. All right, that's the big board as of uh, 10 p.m. on November 14th. We will <laughs> right. keep you updated. Yes. Yeah, so anyhow, Eli Drinkwitz, I'm looking for a big performance out of you next weekend, buddy. I need you to help me out here. <laughs> help a brother Tr- out. Trying to get some things moving. Um, I guess we should also say shout out, uh, you know, we, we did shout out earlier um, Mike Leach for not doing anything problematic, but Mississippi State has some good wins this year. Sure. They have three, like, ranked wins. Uh, they also take inexplicable bad losses on occasion, which is... That was the Washington I guess, State experience, too. I guess what you I guess what you sign up for with, with Mike Leach, but, um, yeah, you know. That's got to be the most frustrating way to navigate a football season like i feel i feel like uva in this stage in the bronco mendenhall era 
they win most of the games, pretty much all the games they should win, but they also don't win many of the games that they shouldn't. So the reach, yeah, the reach games are tough, right? Yeah, it, and and I like I'm just curious. Not that not saying I want the the flip side of that, like I, but I am curious what that's like for a fan to like beat a top twenty team and then inexplicably lose to a two and four team the next week. <laughs> right. That's well, gonna, I mean, that's gonna be wild. Looking at the season this year, it looks like Mississippi State just squeaked one out by the skin of their teeth against Louisiana Tech week one, 35-34. Beats NC State soundly, 24-10, takes care of business there, loses to Memphis, loses to LSU, beats Texas A&M, <laughs> loses to Alabama, crushes Vanderbilt, beats Kentucky, and then uh, loses to Arkansas and whoop, and and does a great job. Comes back and beats Auburn last week. So yeah, I mean, a lot of highs and lows. A lot of highs and lows yeah. in this uh, short season so far, um, with an egg bowl still to play. Which will oh, be interesting. Yes, that I'm is. That I'm excited is for a, be a, an egg bowl oh, with some juice. A happening. Of just a fully unhinged Matt Corral. Are experience. they playing that on Thanksgiving or is it Saturday? Thursday, November twenty fifth at seven thirty p.m. Oh. So we might have to we might have to have a gathering of the minds to. Uh, I think I'm going to gonna be free Thursday because <laughs> Thanksgiving is on Friday. So, yeah, I uh, I might be in a bit of a turkey turkey days, but uh, yeah, we'll have to theme that one in. See what happens. Put our people in contact with each other. It is at, in Starkville, FYI. Ah, lot of lot of noisemakers there. All right. It'll be fun. Okay, cool. Well, fun week. Happy to be back on the right side of, uh, you know, of fake gambling. Not on the right side of real gambling, but we can check in. How's how's my boy? How's my sweet boy Derek Carr doing tonight? That's really, really. Oh, uh, they're down ten at the moment. Has have they scored more than one touchdown? No. Okay, I'm gonna need him to throw another touchdown pass before the end of this game. Oh, that's achievable. Thank you. Yeah, he's, I, he's I, gonna I be slinging so. the pill because they're down. So I'm on. I'm on Derek Carr over 250 yards passing and two tuds. Okay, that that feels fairly doable. Oh, good news! My seven legger, my second seven legger hit. Let's go. We're we're back, baby. Shout out to Vanderbilt basketball. A few more Pick of these, and you'll business. be playing six on <laughs> Z stars in no time. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Well, uh, you know, for all of us. At the Wheel Route Podcast, we want to wish you guys a happy early holiday season, um, and uh, looking forward to <laughs> continuing this through. But this has been the end of this episode. So thanks for joining us. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Thewheelroute.com is the website. Go there, get the show, check our check our math, make sure that we're not accidentally um, all like twelve games over five hundred picking games or something. That would be pretty cool. Uh, until we meet again, go Gators, go. Who's?